tonight. We sure love you and appreciate you coming out and being a part of uh, the services this evening. It's been a beautiful day. We better enjoy it while we can. They say Frosty's coming back this Friday, so uh, we're just going to enjoy every moment of that sunshine we can get and say thank you, Lord, and uh, thank Him for the snow and thank Him for the rain. We need all of it, so thank Him in all things, right? Um, I want to remind you to be praying uh, for the Armin Allen family. Funeral services are going to be here tomorrow at 2 o'clock. And uh, so we'll be holding uh, Brother Gary Gonzalez. He'll be doing the service, and I'm going to be uh, helping him. And so uh, we're, we're honored uh, to be able to serve that family. But please hold them up tomorrow in your prayers. And, and that's where many of our, our church families at tonight. Family viewing was tonight. And uh, so remember them tonight as we pray and uh, just love on them. You guys ready to worship the Lord together? Why don't you stand with us tonight if you don't mind? What a mighty God we trust, we believe, we serve. Father, we love you tonight. We thank you and we praise you for the opportunity to gather in your house under your name uh, and to bring glory unto you, Lord. God, have your way in this meeting tip with us tonight. And we pray, Lord, that our hearts and our minds are open and receptive to, to glean from your word, to grow closer to you. Uh, and, Lord, that you'll be glorified through everything said and done. Uh, God, always for your glory, always for your honor, always for your praise. Lord, may our hearts and minds be focused. And Lord, we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Let's worship the Lord. We are your church. We are your sons and daughters. We've gathered here to be with you. We lift our eyes. We lay our hearts before you. Expectant here for you to move. With our hands to the heavens alive. In your presence, oh God, when you come. The truth and life we live for. Oh, how we long to know you more. With our hands to the heavens alive, in your presence, oh God, when you come, so pour out your spirit. We love to be near you, oh God. Like a burning flame 
Come on, continue to blend your voices with those of the angels. The Bible says in heaven, a declaration of praise is hallelujah. Come on, blend your voices together and declare his hallelujah tonight. Father, we praise you. Lord, we rejoice in you. Our declaration is hallelujah under the glorious name of Almighty God. You are our hallelujah and our amen. We bless you. Oh, we are here to honor you, to exalt your name, to magnify you, O oh God. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is our King. You are worthy, Lord. How we love you. How we praise you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Lord. Do it again, Lord. Do it again. Hallelujah. Ah, let's give our King and our Savior a hand clap together. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. Love on with somebody. Let them know you're glad to see them tonight. Well, glory. Man, I could almost preach off that. There's some big letters on that thing. Glory. Man, it's good to see you guys tonight. Thank y'all for being here. What a great Wednesday night crowd. I sure love y'all. I sure love y'all. Thanks for letting me preach at you. With you or to you. Around about in you. A few things to be reminded of real quick as we get started tonight. Of course, um, spring forward is this weekend. Man, you need to, to be sure to set your clock up or you're going to be running late. And so you want to be on time, be on time, be on time. And uh, we'll be sending out reminders this weekend just to kind of keep everybody uh, going and up to date and everything. But uh, you want to be sure and spring forward. You don't want to, I think if, you're, if your clocks are behind, you're going to have to pay an extra 20 cents per gallon for gasoline or something like that. And so, oh, we already are. I'm sorry, I forgot that. Okay, yeah. Uh, just overnight that can happen, right? And so, thank you, Lord. And all things give thanks, right? Uh, men's breakfast is coming up on the 19th. I want to encourage all the guys to be here. I know it's spring break weekend, but I, the, the guys are going to go ahead as scheduled with our men's breakfast, and so come out and be a part of that. Ladies, Heart to Heart has been uh, scheduled for the 22nd uh, at 6 o'clock. Everybody's invited. Prime Timers is on the 26th, and uh, we want everybody to come and be a part of that. More details to come as we, uh, as we settle it down. Sam's. 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 Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll talk some more. Uh, churchwide breakfast is coming up April the 3rd. Um, at, folks have been asking me, Pastor, what's that look like? What's that mean? What's that about? The men's ministry is going to be cooking for us, okay? I can tell you that much. Uh, the church is supplying breakfast, and uh, we just want you guys to come. Uh, our, our motivation is food and fellowship uh, to get everybody here, uh, to, to kind of get us accustomed to, to being here. And I'd like to see it packed out back there. And uh, come and invite friends. Maybe they'd come to breakfast and, and uh, then come on and go to church with you after that. And so uh, I'm really excited about that. It's going to be a good time in the Lord. And uh, if, if you've ever been to one of our men's breakfasts, you know we eat really well. 
And uh, so come on out. Brother Don makes some really good stick-to-your-ribs gravy. And uh, I promise you, you can, you can put a spoon in that gravy and it'll stand up and never, never lay down. And so uh, it's stick-to-your-ribs gravy. And uh, so anyway, come on out. Uh, you can, uh, as you're eating it, you can hear your, your arteries slamming shut. I mean, it's just, it's awesome. It's good gravy, good gravy. And so, hallelujah, amen. Uh, prayer requests tonight, of course, we want to continue to, uh, to be praying for the Allen family. I've made mention of that already once tonight, but uh, again, funeral services are tomorrow at 2 o'clock, and I know uh, the family would be honored if you could make it uh, uh, to drop in for the, for the funeral service. That would be, I'm sure, a blessing to them. Um, we want to continue to pray, of course, for our nation. Uh, guys, I know, I know, I know, I know that I, I talk about it a lot, and, and I joke about it even, uh, but we, we need desperately to be praying for our nation. Uh, there's so much confusion and there's so much conflict and there's so much division that's trying to be created. Uh, there's, there's things that could be done. You guys know it as well as I do. There's things that could be done to avert some of the things that are going on in our nation right now uh, to help the, the everyday Joe like you and I uh, to, to overcome some of the economic crunch that's going on. And so be praying for revelation knowledge and for wisdom to prevail uh, I pray every day uh, for, for the Holy Spirit. I pray every day for the Lord Himself to, to reveal Himself to our president, uh, to the leaders of our nation, uh, that they would have revelation knowledge of who our God is. And so uh, please be in prayer with me uh, for our nation. Uh, we're still praying for James Curran. Uh, what's the latest? How's he doing, Brother Allen? He seems to be getting better. Uh, got up the other morning and I guess pushed on bed to get up, and I don't know... <laughs> What he did, but he, they thought he might have broke his wrist, and it's his right hand. He's left-handed, so it's his right hand, but it's really swollen. It's swollen in his hand, uh, but they took an x-ray. They, they called me as soon as they knew uh, on the job and said, we'll get an x-ray as soon as we can. They got the x-ray, said, nothing's broken, but it still don't keep his wrist. Bless his heart. I mean, he cannot put any pressure on whatsoever, and it is very painful, but... We're just believing that God will heal. If it's praying or whatever, God can heal that. And that okay. Swelling go down and he can get. But uh, physically, he's getting better. I think he. We kind of gave him a little goal to shoot for, and he's just stubborn and bullheaded enough to try. And I think the Lord's helping him with it. And and his mind seems to be clearing up better, a little better at times. And so I, I think he's just to have survived what he's done so far. I feel like it's good, but the Lord's just still continuing to do and. And hopefully we're going to be able to say here in a few weeks that he's kind of getting prepared to be back on his own again. Praise and that's, the Lord. That's what we, I'd like to see. That's what I mean. We believe it was. We've been talking with the okay. people. That's what we're going to he's, he's getting there. Probably not as fast as he wants, but he is making progress. Praise, Praise the Lord. Lord. Okay. And this fight, Jerry, how's he doing? Jerry Otto? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Better. He's eating these on regular oxygen and not the heavy stuff now. Okay. He's doing better. Thank All right. You. All right. Well, thank you for the update. Uh, Garen, back in uh, regular. He's doing good. And uh, so we thank the Lord for that. He still needs prayer. Uh, he's still not, you know, home. Uh, but he's, he's so much better than he was. And so keep praying uh, for Garen. We're still holding up bed and, uh, bed. Uh, Bud and Betty Welch uh, to the Lord. Uh, Brother Bobby, we're, we're praying complete healing and just uh, total, 
total recovery and all the stiff and sore to be gone. And, and uh, your shoulder's getting better every day, isn't it? You still pretty much. Okay, well, we're still praying for it then. Uh, we want you to be 100%. Remember Miss Marla in your prayer? She's not felt good all week long. Uh, she needs a touch from the Lord. I'd ask you to pray for my girlfriend, uh, that beautiful lady sitting on the front row. She won't say nothing to you, but she snots and sneezes and hacks and coughs and yucks. and No, she, she hangs out with third graders all day long. Can I get a witness? Uh, and just hanging out with them germ-infested third graders, and she brings all that junk home to my house. And Please pray over that woman, would y'all please? Just I need her healed up. And, and I would really, seriously, she's, she's not been feeling well. Yes, two more days and you're on spring break. I know, lady, I got it, I got it. Um, all right, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of needs and a lot of names, but I want to give you guys an opportunity. I don't want to overlook anyone. Anything that maybe I've, I've overlooked, what can we pray with you about? Yes, sister? some people and it really isn't that big of a thing but my drain in my kitchen has been giving me really a lot of trouble it wouldn't rain and it wouldn't drain it wouldn't drain real slow here and there so I thought well a friend of mine's kind of a, a plumber and he needs the money so I got Dave over we rented a snake and we went in and got that thing back and forth back and forth well when he got through it was solid plugged both the drain, both my sinks were full of water wouldn't go anywhere gooey old stuff in there, I mean, it was horrible. Oh. So I went to bed, that was Saturday night, and Sunday morning I looked up and I said, I'm not fooling that thing. Nancy and I ate whatever we were gonna eat, but we didn't get into that sink. So Monday morning, uh, I got up and all the water was gone, gone out of it. And I just thought, well, I gotta get a plumber. Should I dare fill that thing full of water again? And a small voice inside me said, pour some hot water down it. And I said to myself, Don, I poured enough water down there to fill it truck. And so I, I said, I don't know what the good that's going to do, but I got on my stove, I boiled water, had two or three pots going all the time, I'm pouring water down there, and I noticed that all of a sudden it starts going down. And then there was a big gulp, and then now, and um, and so uh, no matter what, how much water I poured in now, it's gone. It just goes right Praise right. right. the Lord. Amen. Instead of giving it to the plumber, I'm going to give it to my church. Amen. <laughs> Uh, that's a blessing, brother. Praise God. Thank the Lord for plumbers, but man, thank God He gives us wisdom too. And so that's awesome. That's so good. Anybody else? Praise reports or prayer requests? Anyone? Yes, to Sherry. Remember Brenda Norton? She's still having trouble, kind of like with her kidneys. She's having repeated kidney infections, and they're going to run some more tests on her and hopefully get it fixed. And then her eyes, because of her diabetes, been having trouble with her eyes. Okay. Let's remember Miss Brandon tonight. Yes. Gordon. My aunt Helen, um, her seated is gone, but now she's having other issues with her stomach. So they're taking, they're going to refer her to a gastroenterologist. Okay. Let's remember Paula Whitlock tonight. Praise God. Yeah, at Freddy's, and he's so happy. That's great. My second grandson, he is on his first. 
away from home, week-long trip uh, for business. And we're hoping it stays business, but we're praying for protection and, Amen. and you know, wise wisdom. Yes, yes, amen. And, and the first grandson, you get a discount at Freddy's now, right? I hope so. <laughs> it's yogurt, it's medicinal. Especially it's not ice yogurt. It's custard, it's medicinal. Yes. <laughs> Brother Don, did you have something? Yeah, on a more serious note, my, my sister passed away this morning in Michigan. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, she was 97 years old. So wow. She's had a real good, rich full life. 97. Yeah, she has no family. She only had, she lost her husband about 20 years ago. And her son went on a trip, went on an Alaska cruise, one of the, the cruises that I was on. And he got sick on board and they took him to shore and he died. Oh my goodness. And so my sister uh, has no one. That's, a, that's the only family she had. Oh my goodness. So my brother-in-law Jimmy's kind of overseeing things out there. But just, no, I'm so sorry. Yes. I'm so sorry. Well, she had a really good life and I just pray that she knew the Lord. That's, I am. That's all that really matters. Yes, sir. We'll be praying yeah. for your family, Brother Don. Yeah. Sure will. Mm -hmm. I was just going to mention Judy Friesen. You mentioned that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, I did get a message. We sent out a message about Judy Friesen. Yeah. Uh, she still needs healing in her body, her family. And uh, just hold them up to the Lord, please. Our God's a faithful God. Yes, He is. Our God's a healing God, right? Yes. yes. I, I don't know if you recognize it or not, but we've been talking about healing for about a month straight on Wednesday nights. And uh, we're going we're gonna to finish off the month talking about healing uh, on our Wednesday nights. And uh, God's already given me a direction for next month. Um, I, we're going to talk about worship next month. And so, uh, but we're going to focus on healing again tonight. And I, I believe in the healing power of God, don't you? Amen. That's why we have a prayer list. Yeah. Yeah. The, the reason we have a, a prayer list is because we believe God heals. Uh, I've had people tell me before, Pastor, uh, it, it's sacrilegious. You should not pray about something more than one time. Why do you have a prayer list out there? Listen, if I've got a need, I want you to pray for me more than once, okay? Keep praying until something happens. Brother. Yeah, my chief operator, uh, two weeks ago in Sunday school, yeah, he had a stroke at work. Uh, we got a report there uh, this week that he's going to be back here in a week or two. Praise God! Full recovery. Full recovery. He is a, he's a healing God. He's a healing God. And so I always want us to go with a praise report mentality when we go to God in prayer. And so why don't you stand tonight if you'd like. And uh, we want to pray uh, and just ask the Lord to intervene on behalf of these needs. Uh, if God's put somebody on your heart, I haven't told you this in a while, but if God's put somebody on your heart, you want to go pray with them in this room, you get out of where you're at. You have freedom and liberty. You go lay hands on them, and let's watch what God does, okay? Let's pray. Father, we love you tonight. God, we thank you. We praise you. Uh, we thank you for who you are and all that you're doing in this hour. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for moving and working, and, uh, and God, the motivation of the, the Holy Spirit that you instill in us. God, we speak healing and restoration tonight over James and Jerry. Uh, God, we ask you to touch, to build up, to, just to heal completely. I pray for Garen tonight, God, that you touch him and heal him. God, minister to his need as only you're able to. I pray for, for Bud and for Betty Welch. God, I ask you to touch them, to heal them. God, to, to minister complete healing to their bodies. Uh, we pray for the Gatlin family tonight, Lord. We, we pray peace over them. Uh, I pray for the Allen family tonight, God. I ask you to intervene on their behalf. Uh, and God, I pray for Brother Don's family. I, I pray, Lord, that you surround them with peace and love. Uh, Lord, it, it's heartbreaking when we lose somebody we love and care about. But God, we know that you're there to, to strengthen, to encourage, to build up. Uh, I pray for Brenda Norton tonight. God, I ask you to touch her and to heal her. 
We pray over Paula Whitlock tonight, God. We ask you to intervene for her. God, every need, every name mentioned, God, thank you for intervening. Thank you, Lord God, for providing for Brother Don. Thank you for providing for, for, for this co-worker, Brother Clint. And, and God, the way that you help us, God, we, we, we so many times overlook it, but God, we want to pause and just say thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for your love and your mercy. You're an amazing God. You're perfect and you're precious, God, in all your ways. God, we acknowledge you. We thank you and we glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. He's a faithful, good God tonight, church. Amen. Come on, give him a hand clap of praise if you wouldn't mind. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. God bless you as you're seated tonight. I want to take just a second and I want to to brag. I brag on my, my worship pastor a bunch. I brag on my youth pastor a bunch. I brag on my secretary a bunch. I brag on my children's pastor a bunch. And, and I brag on my associate pastor a bunch as well. Uh, but I want to pause tonight and brag on him a little bit more. Uh, Brother Ethan is, has been working on some little one-minute clips, some little one-minute excerpts of our services. Now, uh, understand that all of our services are, are live-streamed and, and they're you know, uh, published online week after week, every service. Uh, we're live right now, and, and it's up, so if somebody wants to go look at it later on the week, they can always go visit our webpage and, you know, view the service then. Uh, but he's been taking, uh, when, when the preacher makes a hot, uh, hot moment or, uh, you know, has something poignant to say, which is, you know, not very often, I'm pretty, pretty boring kind of a guy, you know, I'm pretty, pretty boring. I, I know it's hard for y'all to stay awake while I preach, I understand that, but... Uh, when I do get excited, he takes those little one-minute clips uh, and he's been re- re-editing them, cutting them into one-minute segments and publishing them to, to put out to the public. I- I'd just like to encourage you to like it and to share it uh, so that your friends can... Why is he doing that, Pastor? Why is he just showing one minute? Well, somebody might watch a minute that wouldn't watch me preach for an hour and a half. If y'all would amen me like that when I'm actually preaching, <laughs> I might preach a little faster. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, but he did a really good job, and I just want to brag on him. Uh, he's, he's in a class right now where they're, where they're really focusing on media and that sort of thing. And, and he told me, I asked him how his class was going. He said they let him teach it the other day. So, you know, he's in his element right now. And so uh, I love him. I'm proud of him, and I thank the Lord for him. Uh, Let's worship the Lord together one more time as we go to God in the Word. Father, we love you. We thank you, God. We praise you. You're an amazing God. You're a a blessed God. You're a helpful God. You're you're an ever-present God. You're a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We magnify you. We exalt your holy and precious name tonight, Lord. Thank you for who you are and all that you're doing in these last days. And God, we celebrate you tonight in this room. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on and give him one more hand clap if you wouldn't mind. How many are thankful for the hope that we have in Jesus tonight? How many would agree with your pastor also when I say that we live in a world that needs a lot of hope? The, the whole world we live in right now, guys, is, is in such desperate need of the hope that you know in Jesus Christ. There's so many in the people in the world today who don't have any hope whatsoever. They're, they're wandering about through life in search of something to believe in or, or, or something that will bring hope into their lives. And, and the truth is tonight that the only true source of hope for the world today is found in a man named Jesus. How many understand that tonight? 
Our hope is found through the, through the life, the death, and the resurrection of our Savior. Our hope is found tonight through the truth of the Word of Almighty God. Our, our hope is found through the Holy Spirit presence in our lives. The, the hope that we need the most tonight is, is found in a man named Jesus. And one of the greatest hopes that I believe Jesus offers to us is the hope of, of healing. How many are thankful for the hope of healing we've got in Christ? See, I, I think the Lord wants healing to be kept at the forefront and fresh on our minds. How many believe that tonight as well? God wants you to constantly be, be believing and, and constantly be thinking about the fact uh, that He's the source of healing for your life today. In Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5, we've, we, we've talked about this scripture over and over and over again as we've, as we've discovered the topic of, of healing fresh again. But Isaiah 53 and 5 says that He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And by His stripes we are healed. How, how many understand that word says that the work of Jesus Christ is accomplished? It doesn't say we might be healed or someday if we're good and we keep all the rules and we jump through all the right hoops. It, it doesn't say that, that we have to keep a laundry list of requirements to be healed. It says that by the stripes of Jesus Christ, we are healed. How many are thankful for healing tonight? Uh, sometimes, many times, when we think about healing, we often just focus on the, the physical sense of healing. That's, that's our mentality. That's our mindset. And, and thank God, He is the God who does heal us physically. Amen? He heals our body everywhere we hurt. He heals you from the tippy tip tips of your toes to the, to the very top of your head and every part in between. I'm a believer that God can heal our bodies. How many believe that? Amen. I'm also a believer that God can heal our soul. How many understand our soul was sick with the cancer of sin, but through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, healing can be found for the sickness of sin, right? So He can heal our body. He can heal our soul. How many understand He can even heal our mind? Come on, I've, I've known a lot of people who struggle with, with mental issues, people who struggle with discouragement or doubt or depression, uh, and, and the Lord touched their mind and brought back their memory. Hallelujah! God can touch your mind and, and bring recall. He can touch your mind and, and take away fear and anxiety and discouragement and depression. Uh, God can touch your body. He can touch your soul. He can touch your mind. And I'm here to tell you tonight that God can even heal our emotions. How many believe that tonight? There's so many in this world today that are hurt emotionally. Uh, if you've ever been hurt emotionally by friends or family, you understand what I'm talking about. There's people who've been hurt by, by family. There are people who've been hurt by their friends. And church, there's even folks that have been hurt by their church. How many understand that tonight as well? It's heartbreaking and, and it's sad when somebody's been hurt by a church. And the sad truth is that many times people who've been hurt by a church will stop going to church altogether, Right? Uh, the, the saddest part of all that is, is when people who've been hurt by a church become upset with God because of something that man has done. How many understand that, that what man may have done to you, God sure didn't do to you? Uh, the, the truth is that, that I want us to understand that, that God wants His church to be a place not of hurt. God doesn't want the church to be a vehicle for, for offense. God doesn't want the church to be a place where, where people come and, and receive emotional scars. But I believe God calls His church, He calls His body, He calls His house to be a house of healing. How many believe that? 
I believe without a question that, that when people walk in the door of this church, they ought to know that they're walking into a safe zone. When people come to Lone Grove Assembly of God, they ought to understand they're walking into a house of healing. When they walk into this church, they ought to understand that the church is a place of healing. How many would agree with me tonight? It's what I want to focus on tonight in the Word. I want to talk to you just for a little bit about becoming that place of healing. Find your Bibles. We're going to the book of 1 Corinthians to begin with tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I want to read verses 9 through 11. 1 Corinthians 6 and 9 says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicator, nor idolater, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor rebels, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but... Aren't you glad God always puts that word but in there? But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, I pray for revelation knowledge to leap alive inside of us in this room together tonight. God, leave nothing undone that you want to do. Have your way and make the preaching uh, powerful, God. Not by you, not by me. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's give him one more hand clap if you wouldn't mind, please. Thank you, Lord. If there's one thing that I'm positive about tonight, if, if there's one thing that I'm absolutely sure about tonight, it is this. It's the fact that our God is the God of healing. How many believe that tonight? Amen. Psalms 147 verse 3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. How many understand our God is the God who heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds? And if there's one thing I know for sure tonight also, it's this. God wants this place, He wants His church, He wants His body to be a place, a house, a church of healing to minister to those that are hurting. For the church to be a place of healing, God is going to have to work through His people. How many believe that tonight? In order for the church to be a place of healing, in order for this to be a house of healing, he's going to have to have some hands, and he's going to have to have some feet, and he's going to have to have some hearts, and he's going to have to have some mouths, and he's going to have to have some people to work through. How many understand tonight? For example, uh, in life, we, we know that there are some places that when we go to them, automatically we feel safe just by being there. Uh, understand, right? Think, think about a baby. Uh, when a baby is crying, uh, uh, when, when little Isabel wants something, she wants her mama. Uh, that's where she feels safe. That's where she feels secure. Uh, th- there's times when even daddy can't do nothing with her, and she's looking for mama. Uh, she knows that smell. She knows mama's heartbeat. And when she's in mama's arms, that's where she feels the most safe. When both of my girls were little babies, uh, when a thunderstorm would start to roll through the, the countryside, and the... the, the Angels were playing uh, bowling and, out, you know, the... <laughs> You'll tell them anything to get them through the night, folks, okay? Oh, the angels spilled another tater wagon. That's what that was. It's... Anyway. When the thunder would get to rumbling and the lights would get to flashing outside, uh, them girls would make a beeline to crawl in bed with mom and daddy. Why? Because they knew mom and daddy would keep them safe, right? 
Now, as we get a little bit older, as we become adults, the, the, the safe place could be the, the freighty hole out in the backyard, the storm cellar, or, or it could be the safe room that maybe you had built in your garage. And, and when the, the, the tornado sirens start to sound, you, you know that if I can just make it to that place of safety, it doesn't matter how severe the storm is, I'll be safe as long as I can get in that place. Can I tell you tonight as your pastor, that ought to be the church to the world that we're living in today. The, the church ought to be the freighty hole. The church ought to be the storm shelter. The, the, the church ought to be the safe room that if people can just get to the church, if they can just get inside that place, they can find a place of safety and they can find a, find a place of security. People should know they can come to God's house and know that they're going to be loved, know that they're going to be safe, know that they're going to be accepted, and know that, that their past is not going to be held against them, and they can make it through the storm. The church ought to be a place of safety and a place of healing. A church should be a place where people feel warm and welcome. A church ought to be a place where people look forward to going to it and not dreading to go to it. The psalmist said it like this in Psalms 122, verse 1. He said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. People ought to look forward to going to church instead of dreading going to church. I think church ought to be the, the, the highlight of folks' week. Why do, why do we just come on Sunday morning? Listen, I need what happens on Sunday night and I need what happens on Wednesday night. This is my safe place. We need God and we need God's people to be around us. Uh, part of what I believe made the psalmist glad when they said unto him, let's go into the house of the Lord, was he knew that if he could get there, he'd be among brethren and he'd be in a place of refuge and of healing. How many understand today that God's plan for His church has never changed? His desire is still for people to be glad to come here. And that is because they find this church as a place of refuge and a place of healing. We want people to be able to come here and know that they can be healed from any hurt that they might have. Yes, physically. Yes, emotionally. Yes, spiritually. But we want to see their broken hearts binded up as well. All of the hurt in the world, I believe the church is called to be a place of healing. So how do we become that place of healing? Well, this is how I believe it all begins. I believe it all starts with getting rid of the labels. you got to get rid of the labels. Look at verses 9 through 10. Verse 9 says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicator nor idolater, nor adulterer, nor homosexual, nor sodomite, nor thief, nor, nor covetous, nor drunkard, nor rebel, nor extortioner will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. And such were, were some of you. Have you ever noticed we all carry a label? Everybody's got a label. Everybody's got a label. No, whether if you like them or not, we each and every one of us carry labels. There's a secretary in the room tonight. There, there's welders, there's moms, there's dads, there's nurses, there's teachers, there's preachers, there's, there's retired folks, there's retired... Re, what's Rick tell me? I, I, I'm re, retired. It's not politically correct to say what Rick tells me he is, but nonetheless, he's not that. He's retired. Some labels we're okay with carrying. Listen, I'm looking forward one day to carrying the label of retired. Man, won't that be awesome? 
Some labels we like carrying. And in fact, some labels we work for a degree to obtain so that we can carry the label pastor, we can carry the label preacher, we can carry the label minister. We work to obtain the goal so we can carry that label, right? Some labels we want, but still yet, some other labels are, are not so desired, so not so wanted over our lives. Labels like drug addict. Labels like alcoholic. Labels like stoner or jailbird or party girl. Oh, we, we don't like these labels. That, that's a, a label that's been given to us by the world. That's a characteristic of an action that we had in operation in our life at one time. All of these are labels that the world has stuck on some of us, and they still speak about who we used to be once upon a time. Unfortunately, sometimes when we, we come into the church house, those labels that we used to be once upon a time are still on us when we walk into church house. Is anybody here tonight? Yep. I've always been told my entire life that, that if you grew up in a small town, uh, that you couldn't go to the Sonic and get a Coke without everybody in town knowing what flavor of Coke that you got when you went to the Sonic to get your Coke. Who was in the car with you when you went to the Sonic? How long you stayed at the Sonic? And whether or not you passed gas while you were at the Sonic? How many understand that's not just small town America? I didn't grow up in what was necessarily a small town. The area of Tulsa that I grew up in was kind of on the north side of Tulsa. And, and quite honestly, it was like growing up in a small town. Everybody knew everybody. We all went to school together. Uh, if you messed up three blocks away from home, you was going to get beat by them people over there. And then when you got home, you got beat by mom and dad because you got beat by them people over there. But even in a big town like Tulsa, and I would imagine even in a community like Oklahoma City, people still know you for who you used to be. They still know how you grew up. They still know where you grew up. Uh, sometimes that, that can be carried over into our church experience as well. When you go to people who know you for who you used to be, they know your past just as well as, as when you went to Sonic and all the stuff you did when you was at the Sonic. Listen, we need to let that drop off when people walk in the door of the house. When a person accepts Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their life, don't you know that's the moment when all the labels fall off of us. In God's eyes, we become His children. We are not an ex-drug addict. We are not an ex-alcoholic. We are not an ex-stoner. We are not an ex-jailbird. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. The Bible says this. The Lord in Hebrews 8 and 12 says, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Listen, the Lord doesn't remember Gary Dotson the alcoholic. He doesn't remember Joe Blow, the drug addict. He does not remember the jailbird. He does not remember our past, and he does not hold our past against us. Yes, we've all got a past. Yes, we all used to have a different label, but now you carry the label, one and only name that you have is child of God. I am not who I used to be. I'm a new creation in Christ. So says uh, Romans 8 and 1. It says there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He don't condemn me. He don't hold my past against me. So why should anybody that I go to church with have the opportunity to remind me of who I used to be? That's the work of the devil. That's the work of the enemy. May every label fall off when people drive in the parking lot. 
One of the enemy's favorite trick is to remind us of our past and, and to put that, that VCR tape in the back of our mind and play it back and remind us over and over and over and over of who we used to be. Listen, that doesn't apply anymore. I'm not that person. I've been made brand new. I've been bought at a high price. I'm a new creation in Christ. And all condemnation is gone. We need to forget people's past, guys. I don't care if you grew up with them and, and they used to bite your leg in kindergarten. I don't care if there's the biggest drug dealer. I, I don't care if there's the biggest partier. I don't care what their past was. Listen, if you don't want them to hold your past against you, which, friend, you got a past just like they do. If you don't want somebody to hold your past against you, then you shouldn't hold somebody's past against them. We need to let the labels fall off and see people as new creations in Christ Jesus. How do we become a place of healing? Well, it all begins by removing labels. Another way I believe we become a place of healing is this. I believe we need to see past the label and see the people. Look at verse 11. Verse 11, the Word of the Lord says this. And such were some of you, but you were washed... You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Come on. We're not who we used to be. We're somebody new now. Amen? I believe it's time to start seeing the, the people and not the problems in the people. I believe that when we'll remove the labels, we'll start to see the people behind the problem. Thank you all for that thunder support tonight. I said when we get rid of the label off a person's life, we'll start seeing past their problem and we'll see them as an individual. We'll see them as the creation of Christ. People everywhere all over this world have one thing in common and that is we all need healing. Uh, above all, the, the greatest healing that we need is the healing of sin in our lives. Uh, Romans 3 and 23 says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It doesn't say some have sinned small sins and some have sinned big sins and the big sins are worse than the small sins. And so those of you that sin little sins are good and those of you that sin big sins are bad. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We were born with a sin nature. And it makes no difference if you were raised in church and you were saved at the age six. Before you asked Jesus Christ to come live in your heart, you were a sinner just as much as anybody else. The fact is we don't grandfather into this thing. We come before the Lord ourselves and work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. We enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ one-on-one. -on -one. Going to church doesn't make you saved any more than going to McDonald's make you a cheeseburger, a triple cheeseburger, a large order of fries, and a diet Dr. Pepper. Hallelujah. Truth is, we're all sinners. And we only come through grace, through Jesus Christ. He didn't leave us in sin, He brought us out. And the thing I believe is when we move the labels that, that man has stuck on us, that all of a sudden we start seeing the people behind the sin. We start seeing the people that, that had the problem. We start seeing that individual instead of seeing the label or the person that they used to be. We don't see them as a drug addict anymore. We see a person now in need of the love of compassion of Jesus Christ. 
We don't see an ex-drunk anymore. We see a person who needs a friend, a person to, to love them and to embrace them. Again, the Bible says that we're brand new in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Listen, it's time to start seeing the new in people and not the old in people. We need to start stop bringing up the old in people's lives. I understand the power of a testimony. And I understand that, that we need to share our testimony as a witness to other people. Listen, God brought me personally, Gary, uh, out of a very dark life uh, into His light and set my feet upon a solid rock. You, I, I don't have to repeat my testimony for you tonight. You've heard it a hundred times. But, but the power of a testimony is wonderful and still we start to live and reminisce in what our testimony used to be. I thank God that He brought me through that. And we went through those experiences in our lives to learn lessons. Uh, we talk about it all the time. We've gone through hardships in our ministry and we've gone through hardships in our marriage. We, we've gone through hardships in our relationships so therefore we can relate to somebody else. But if the only thing she and I ever spoke about was the hardships in our relationship, guess what? We'd start a brand new fight because that'd all be we'd be thinking about all the time. We need to think about the love. We need to think about the, the friendship. We need to think about the trust. We need to think about the communication. We need to think about the newness of our relationship, not the old death that used to be there. The same principle holds true in people's lives. If you keep bringing up all the bad stuff that they've ever done in their life over and 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 over, listen, that's where they're going to live. That, that's all they think about me. They only know me for who I used to be. They only know me for how I used to live. They only know me as the alcoholic. They only know me as the drunk. They only know me as the, jail, the jailbird. Uh, listen, it's time to get past talking about who they used to be, and it's time to start talking about who they are right now in Christ Jesus. We're not who we used to be. We are born again. We are made brand new. Uh, listen, uh, the enemy wants to tell them over and over and over again they've made a mistake. All their old worldly friends want to tell them over and over and over and over again they've made a mistake. And if they walk into a church surrounded by Christians and we're telling them that they've made a mistake, then friend, we're going to lose them back to the world again. The last thing they need is for somebody in a church to make them feel bad about who they used to be. We need to get past the labels and we need to see the people behind the problems. How do we become a place of healing? Well, we remove the labels. We see the people, and then we see them as family. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 through 17, the word of the Lord says this, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received a spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffered with Him, that we may also be glorified together with Him. Praise God. How many believe it's good to be a part of a good family? The, the reality is life is full of storms. Anybody ever been through a storm? Anybody ever been through more than one storm? Anybody ever had your kitchen tore up? Anybody ever have your, your, your drain and your kitchen tore up? Anybody ever had your cabinets completely ripped out of your house? Life's full of storms. Unexpected storms. 
Sometimes storms we bring on ourselves. Many times we can feel like we're tossed and thrown for a loop. And, and the absolute truth is uh, there's, there's not a whole lot of people out in this old world we can count on. But we can always count on our God, right? He'll always tell you, pour hot water down the drain. <laughs> Thank the Lord. And listen, just as sure as we can count on our God, we ought to be able to count on our brothers and sisters in Christ as well. Amen. We need family. When we become children of God, we become a part of a great, big, universal family. Listen, some of my brothers and sisters right now are suffering in Ukraine. Some of my brothers and sisters are suffering right now in, in India and in Spain. I've got brothers and sisters around this world because those who believe in the blood of the Lamb of God, they've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord of their life. They're my brother, they're my sister, they're my family. When we become children of God, we, we're adopted into this great, big, universal family. And how many know that if you're a child of God, and I'm a child of God, that makes us brothers and sisters. That makes us a family, right? No matter the color of the skin, no matter what the past may be, no matter what school you root for, no matter what their, their quirks are, no matter how strange they are, no matter how weird they may be, they're still your family. You guys have always heard me talk about my big brother that's, that's 10 years older than me. Quite honestly, when we grew up as kids, we fought like cats and dogs the biggest part of the time. He was 10 years older than me, and uh, he didn't want much to do with his little brother, and I wanted somebody to play with. Uh, I was always the youngest of all the grandkids. We'd go to family reunions on the Dotson side, or we'd go to family reunion on the Norman side, and, and I was always the, the, the peep squeak who was left out because I was the youngest, I was the baby, and everybody loved me, and they spoiled me, and so all the other grandkids hated my guts out, right? And so especially my big brother, he was the oldest of the grandkids of all of us, and, and so I was a nuisance to him, and so he'd always push me off and, and wanted to be rid of me. Biggest part of my life, we couldn't see eye to eye. Uh, he went to school his entire life. I think he's probably still in school right now. I'm not sure. But uh, he, he went to school for, for all of my uh, childhood and all my young adulthood. And I think Vaughn and I have been married about 25 years and he finally graduated or something. I don't know. He's the most educated man I ever knew in my life. But he couldn't change a tire on a pickup truck if it had a flat. No common sense. And so uh, we were just always polar opposites because I had a whole lot of common sense, had a whole lot of horse sense, but not a whole lot of book sense, right? And so we just never saw eye to eye. And we fought and we'd fuss and we'd fume. When mama passed away, the last, some of the last words she'd say to me was, Son, you're going to have to take care of your big brother. You, you know you boys are going to have to get along because when your mama's gone, you're going to be all that you have. Your big brother's going to be all that you've got. You, you know y'all's going to have to get along. Yeah. I, I can tell you that today, I'm closer to my big brother than I've ever been in my life. Uh, he's, we, we talk on the telephone at least once a week. I don't get to see him like I'd like to, but, but we do talk on the telephone. He's pastoring a church now, and I'm so proud of him, and, and God's doing really cool things in his life. He just hired a youth pastor last week, and he's all excited and pumped up, and people's coming to church, and people's getting baptized, and people's getting saved, and uh, God's doing really cool things in his church, and I'm so proud of what God's doing. But I've got to tell you, he still don't have any common sense. 
He called me a week ago and he said, Hey, uh, we're, we're doing a baptismal service this week and, and the baptistry's not working. The, the heater on the baptistry's not working. What do you think I ought to do? I'm 10 years younger than you. Don't you know what you need to do with the baptistry? Well, you've been a pastor a whole lot longer than I have. What do you think I ought to do? I said, Larry, get you a garden hose, run it to the hot water tank, tie onto the bottom of that hot water tank, and run the hot water out of the hot water tank into the baptistry. You know, I think that's a good idea. I'm going to try that. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. He's my big brother. And I give him fits and he gives me fits. We pick on each other still yet. And, and like I said, we used to fight like cats and dogs. But the fact of the matter is, he's my big brother. And so I have the right to do that. I have the right to pick on him, but you don't. And, and I've got to tell you, if, if somebody was after me, he'd be in their eyes like pepper. And if somebody was after him, I'd be in their eyes like pepper. Why? Because that's my brother and I'm his brother. And church, can I tell you tonight that as brothers and sisters in Christ, it ought to be the same mentality for you and I to take up for our brothers and sisters in Christ. We ought to stick together. We ought to stand together. We ought to have one another's back. In fact, Galatians chapter 6 verse 2 says that we're supposed to bear one another's burdens. Bear one another's burdens. Bear one another's Bear one another's burdens. Bear one another's burdens. I know I'm running late. Y'all give me a break. We'll wrap up here in a minute. I get wound up talking about my big brother. I've always been proud of him. Even when he tried to knock my teeth out. He, I, was, I, was, <laughs> I was little. I was probably younger than Timothy. And we was in Larry's bedroom. And he was laying on his back. And he would throw me up in the air and he'd catch me. And he'd throw me up in the air and he'd catch me. And he'd throw me up in the air and he'd catch me. And he threw me up in the air one time and I came down and the headboard was right here and my front teeth went right in that headboard, man. It's my big brother. Of course, a week later was when I hit him in the knee with a Tonka truck, so I made up for it. It's our relationship. It's my brother. You're my brother. You're my sister. Monday morning, I'm going to tell on Marla. Turn the, turn the Facebook live stream off, would you please? Just for <laughs> Monday morning, I walked in the office. She's giving me the death stare. Monday morning, I walked in the office. She said, was you mad Sunday night at somebody? She said, you was preaching like you was mad at somebody. Yes, sister, I was mad at the devil. She said, man, I was afraid I was going to have to go scratch somebody's eyes out, Pastor. <laughs> Who do I, whose eyes do I need to go scratch out? That's my sister. That's my sister. I, I got to tell you, if anybody ever messed with me, that lady right there would crawl all over you. She'd clap... She's a wimp, and you'd whoop her pretty quick, okay? But she'd, <laughs> she'd try. And if she couldn't whoop them, Marley would climb on them too. <laughs> Here's the deal. If 
we want this place to be a place of healing, the people who walk in our doors need to know that we love them enough to defend them. Need to know that we love them enough that if somebody was messing with them, we'd stand up on their behalf. We wouldn't join in with the opposition to attack them, but we would bear their burden and so fulfill the law of Christ that we would protect them and we would look out for them. We would see them as family and not as a problem and not as a label. We would see them as the family that God has created in us, in us to be. How do we make this place a place of healing? Well, we get rid of the labels. We see people and we see one another as a family. Church, I believe with all my heart that God has called this church to be a house of healing. I, I believe God wants people to, to, to see this place as a refuge. He wants us to see this place as a, as a place of, uh, of shelter from the storms of life. People need to know they can come here and find protection and they can find safety. But we've got to get rid of labels when people walk in our doors. We can't see them as who they used to be. They're a new creation in Christ. We see the people behind the problem and we see them as our brother and our sister. And then we become this great big huge family that makes a difference in our community and it spreads to there and it spreads to there and it spreads to there and it keeps going and it reaches the world. I want to pray with you tonight. Father, thank you for your calling. Thank you for your help. God, thank you for the direction that you've called us to be a house of healing. Lord, I pray tonight that you would equip us and anoint us, Lord God, to minister healing to everyone that would walk in our doors. Lord, let us get rid of the labels. We don't see people for who they used to be. We see them as you see them, new creations. Lord, we don't see their problems. We see them as an individual and the the beauty and the wonder that you've created in them. Lord, we see them as our brother and as our sister in Christ. Lord, create in us a spirit of family that we might develop into a house of healing to minister to the world. God, we love you, we thank you, and we praise you. In Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. Please, heads bowed and eyes closed just for a, a second or two. I need to ask you about your relationship to Jesus first and foremost, always. I want to ask you about Christ. If you're here and you'd say, Pastor, I need Jesus to save my soul. I'm lost, I'm undone, my, my, my world, the world has consumed me, and, and I love the world right now more than I love God. If that's you and you're in this place and you just say, I need Jesus to save my soul, could, could you lift your hand so I can pray with you anywhere tonight in this room? Thank the Lord. Church family, would you stand with your pastor tonight, please? God's called us out, church. God has set us as a light upon a hill. Shining to make a difference in our community. For such a time as this, He put us together. For such a time as this, He put us in this place to make a difference. And the way we make that difference is to become a place of healing to this community. If you're here tonight and you just say, Man, Pastor, I want to... I want to participate in being a place of healing, then then I want to encourage you tonight to find a place to spend some time in prayer. God bless you as you seek the Lord.